Grace. And I'm Piper. And this is the Unveiling Podcast with Grace and Piper. Where we tackle controversial topics through holistic, biblical, and unfiltered conversation. Let's dive into the episode. Welcome, welcome back. We hope you've enjoyed our past couple episodes. We've been We're coming okay. to you again. Yeah, I was going to say they've been fun. What were you going <laughs> to yeah. say? No, I was just going to say we've been very excited about the last couple episodes and felt like we kind of found our groove with just the 30 minutes. Uh, it, I think it gives us enough space to talk about what we want to talk about, but also stay organized on our thoughts and, mm-hmm. and not ramble mm-hmm. for so a little hopefully, bit. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed that. I'm sure there's going to be some conversations that we have in the coming months, though, that are longer, that are going to mm. require longer episodes. And those yeah. we typically have a lot of preparation for and want to make sure that we come across well. But yes, for sure. What are we talking about today? Today, I'm excited. Today, we're talking about my favorite thing, which is Enneagram. The Enneagram. <clears throat> I know some people are not for the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. It's not their thing. That's totally okay. fine. We're still going to talk about it because we love it. Um, we do. It's been helpful and, for us. Yeah, it's been helpful. I think in certain ways, it's actually grown my relationship with the Lord and understanding myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or wanting to grow based on some of the things that I've learned about myself. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, we should not rely on Enneagram, but I think it can be a useful tool. And so we just thought we'd kind of get into it and in our Enneagrams and what we've learned from it. Um Piper, for those who might not know a lot about Enneagram, because surprisingly, a lot of people don't. Uh, yeah. Do you want to get into what Enneagram is? So the Enneagram, it's a it's a it's an in depth, more psychological personality quiz. If you've heard of the Myers Briggs test or the Big Four test or something like that, you answer a series of questions, and the Enneagram takes a while. You answer several questions. They are all trained to get a response from you about basically how you would handle situations or how certain Mm -hmm. things make you feel Mm -hmm. or things like that. And from that data that they gather and the tests typically take 20 minutes, something like that. They take a little bit of time. They have you answer if you're getting a good test, they compile all of the data and they give you the good test to a ranking on a set of numbers, one to 10, not a ranking, but they give you a percentage of from numbers one to nine, sorry, of which Enneagram number type you Mm -hmm. typically fall into. And it all comes from how your brain works and how Mm -hmm. your emotions work and how you process pain and process trauma and what your, your core desires are and your core fears are and things like that. So I love it because I love stuff like this. And so does Grace because she loves stuff like this, but there are nine numbers Numbers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And each of them have a core desire, a core fear. Typically, people tend to dumb the Enneagram down to how you act, like what your personality looks like. And there is Mm -hmm. a component of that, I think, Mm -hmm. how you respond to things. But for example, uh, number sevens. Sevens are their core. Mm Mm-hmm. The enthusiast, their core desire is to feel c- completion, like excitement mm-hmm. 
like mm-hmm. to en- enjoy enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. And their core fear is like pain is being left out of experiences of having missing to, out. Yeah. Sit in negativity and having to settle things like that. That is the core of who the seven is. Now that can appear in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. To, if you see somebody who's super excitable and extroverted and loves people and doesn't want to talk about hard things, you're like, Oh, there are seven, but sevens can also look completely different and be mm-hmm. way extremely introverted and extremely thoughtful about things. Yeah. I was going to say, I would not have guessed that Steven was a seven. Yeah. It's just very interesting. So mm-hmm. the personalities can look different. So don't, yes. it, that's when I think people get into trouble is they're like, well, I'm a two cause I love helping people. Well, and you like, put well, yourself that's... in a box and then it's like, oh, that's not how that works. <laughs> or you put other people in a box. Well, it's like, yeah. well, we could be friends, but she's an eight. So yes, that that's when it gets dangerous do. as well. That was the issue I had with Myers-Briggs because my my sister is a therapist. And Mm. so we've done all the personality types as she's learned those. And first one we did was Myers-Briggs. And one thing I hated about it, it did feel very much like this is just how you are and this is how you are the rest of your life. Um, Mm -hmm. And it felt very small. And then, yeah, I felt like I was put in a box and that was a lot. Um, Whereas with Enneagram, what I love about it is there's also personality types that you go to in growth and when you're unhealthy. And that's really cool too, because depending on where you are at in life, you can look towards your healthy number or your unhealthy number. So like pretty sure I'm at nine. So I go to six when I'm unhealthy, which is a very, I get really anxious. I overthink things over prep for stuff. And then when I'm healthy, Mm -hmm. I'm actually a three, which is an achiever and I'm very, uh, success oriented and I can get things done and take you become more things. dedicated, more. Yes. I focused. feel. Yeah. Um, and I was gonna, I was gonna list off the personality types real quick. Um, I was gonna say, I pulled them up too, just in case to list off <laughs> awesome. what they are, so, their basic yeah. desire and their basic fear. Yeah. Oh, you have basic. Okay. I, I just have like, uh, like the reformers, rational, idealistic type. Oh, so do, do that. Wanna... Okay. Do so, that num- okay. Number one is the reformer. That's the rational, idealistic type. They're principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and a perfectionist. Number their two. Basic, oh, oh, go sorry. Ahead. No, oh, yeah, saying, no, go ahead. Their, do that. Their basic desire as a type one is to be good, to be mm-hmm. virtuous, to be balanced, and to have integrity. And mm-hmm. their basic fear is to be bad, to be corrupt, to be evil or defective. Mm-hmm. That right. is what my husband is. My mm-hmm. husband is a type one. That's my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is the helper. This is actually a really popular personality type. Uh, mm-hmm. They're caring, interpersonal, they're demonstrative, generous, people pleasing. And another word used is possessive, but really they just really care for the people that they love. Their basic desire is to feel loved and to feel connected with other people to be a safe place mm-hmm. for people. Their basic fear is being unworthy of being Mm. loved, that they give all this love, they put all this love forward for other people, but that they themselves are not worthy of the actual love right? that they desire. Yeah. Number three is the achiever. They're the more success-oriented, pragmatic type. They're adaptive, excelling, driven, and image conscious. Their basic desire is to feel worth, to feel accepted, uh, to feel desired, by other people. Uh, 
their basic fear is being worthless or being mm. without value. Um, mm. Yeah. I know some threes as well. Yeah. Number four is the individualist. This is a personality type that everyone thinks they are. <laughs> but um, I have I have met maybe one or two actual fours. But everyone thinks they're four. 100%. I was a four probably until I was an older teenager. Yeah. Um, they are the individualist. They're the sensitive, withdrawn type, but they're expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental is their description. Their basic desire is to find themselves and find their significance, to create an identity out of their inner experience. Mm -hmm. uh, their basic fear is being without an identity or mm -hmm. a personal significance or being like everybody else. Mm -hmm. They unique uniqueness is extremely mm -hmm. important to a four. That is my, my sister-in-law is a four. Yes. She thought she was a one for a long time. No. And I was like, I've never heard a more incorrect <laughs> self-analysis with all my love. And then she was like, oh, I'm totally a four. If you don't but think you're actually, a four, then you're probably a four. <laughs> fours, fours, I believe go to ones when they're unhealthy, actually. That sounds right. Yeah. So that would actually, yeah. she wasn't completely off, but she's yeah. definitely a four. I still connect with four, but I think when I do, I think of me when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and then number five is the investigator. They're the intense cerebral type. They're perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. <clears throat> Their basic desire is to be capable and to be competent and to... I want to say like handle it themselves. And then their basic mm -hmm. fear is being useless, incapable mm -hmm. or incompetent, overwhelmed. Uh, mm -hmm. That would be their, their basic fear. Yeah. And then the loyalist number six is the committed security oriented type. They're engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Their basic desire is to find security and support. And their basic fear is being without support or guidance, uh, being mm. unable to be on their own. Mm. Which, that's honestly, that whole description is kind of boxes in what a six is because sixes are actually mm. a lot more than a lot more than that anyway. Yeah. But that, that goes into a lot of different facets of what a six <laughs> is. Right. And then number seven is the enthusiast. They're busy, fun-loving, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Their basic desire is to feel happy, satisfied, and to find fulfillment. Their basic fear is being deprived or trapped. And then number eight is the challenger, the powerful, dominating type. They're self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Their basic desire is to protect themselves and their loved ones to determine their own course in life. And their basic fear is being controlled or harmed mm. by others of being violated, mm. having and their the vulnerability last... used against them. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and the last one is number nine, the peacemaker. They're easygoing, um, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Their basic desire is to maintain their inner stability and peace of mind. And their basic fear is being disconnected or fragmented of loss mm. and separation. Mm. 
And I don't remember if we explained this, but with your personality type, typically also comes a wing. So if you're a nine, you go to the numbers next to you. So you could be an eight, wing eight or wing one. And that just means that's part of your personality that you can connect with. So um, if you really connect with two, but you also see a little bit of three in you, you could be a two wing three, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, that's so my that's, husband is a, a one, but he has a strong two wing mm, as well. Yeah. Well, I say that I go back and forth. My husband is actually pretty. He has a strong two wing and a strong nine wing, but Which he's very firmly a one. You can. Yeah. I think the older he's gotten, the more he has leaned towards a nine mm, than a one I wing too. I could see mm -hmm. that. Um. Yeah, I'm a nine and I can see some of the one in me, but I'm, I mostly lean towards a wean eight. So, um, and do we want to get into our personality types in our journey? Because you're still figuring yours out. I do believe. Mine has been a journey. I thought I was a four when I was in high school for the longest time. And then after I believed I was a four, I thought I was a six, thought I was a six for a good long while. And then it mm -hmm. wasn't until a little bit ago that I really dove into and have been operating under the impression that I'm a, an eight mm -hmm. and an eight wing nine. And I had a friend lovingly challenge me that she does not believe I'm an eight because she has, she's like, she majored in psychology. She knows things like that and is just a good observer and reader of people. And so he was watching me and observing me and was like, the way my brain works, the way I process things, she thinks that I'm a six. Um, hmm. And so I don't know. I go back and forth. I go back and forth. I would say that I am either a six or an eight. I would say that I am one of the two, hmm. probably. What has you leaning towards those two personalities? Um... I never thought of myself as a type eight originally because I never really felt like I deserved to be a type eight. That was something that I was like, well, that's, you know, people who are afraid of being harmed or violated or afraid of having their vulnerability used against them. Like those are for people who've been through like serious trauma and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And so I've never really been through serious trauma or anything like that. And so I can't be a type eight. I also love people and love being around people and I'm a fun loving person and I am confrontational, but I tend to try to find peace in situations as well. It was just interesting, but it wasn't until I took a good long look at an eight and what they're, what, what drives them. Like basically you can take the test and learn about all the numbers, but really you need to just look in depth at the numbers and be like, and really have an internal look at yourself of what actually drives, like what motivates you and what mm -hmm. motivates the things that you do. And yeah, I don't know. So, so for a while I, I got drawn towards the eights cause I was like, well, I really do feel like mostly what drives me is to make sure that my loved ones and myself are protected and safe. And mm -hmm. then the wing in me is a wing nine because I also desire that while we're protected and safe and there's justice fought for, I'm a big justice person, that there's peace and harmony mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And then what has me lean towards a six is that I, if I am a six, I am what you are called a counterphobic. So what that basically means is the core of a six, they desire security 
and support and they fear things. They deal with a lot of fear. And so I hate fear. I reject fear. I really fight against fear because I refuse to be afraid. But mm-hmm. someone challenged me. It was like, now, would you say you're not a fearful person because you're actually not or because you refuse to be a fearful fearful person so like Mm. you're like fighting against the fact that you have fear at all Mm. and so that made me wonder i'm like to be afraid Mm -hmm. yeah and so so that made me wonder i'm like oh is that (laughs) how i operate from a place of i don't want to respond to things or react to things out of fear so i respond to the opposite like i dive in the face of fear that sort of thing so just I, just interesting. So I'm still on a on a journey, yeah. but I don't know what well, do you think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, was say, I, have, I have a couple thoughts that I've been typing out. Um, one, I would challenge you that you have been through traumas, and so make sure you are looking at yourself as someone who. How do I word it? My therapist has challenged me that obviously God is the main character in my life, but I need to be the best supporting actress. And you have been through things in life, so make sure you're viewing yourself as someone who has been through hard things. Don't victimize mm-hmm. yourself, which you don't at all. <laughs> you never victimize yourself in that way. But you oh, have well, been through God. hard things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I would challenge you to, you know, accept that and to not like view no, yourself that's good. as someone who's not worthy of feeling protective or, you know, those things. Mm-hmm. Um, two is your protection for yourself and your family I think that is sometimes instilled in us as women um Mm. we are the nurturers and we were built to be that and so maybe some of that does come from the fact that you just want your family to be safe and Mm. um and I mean you're pregnant and so all those things kick in too. And pregnancy is wanting to keep your baby safe and yourself safe. And yeah, um, so that could just be you as a woman and just part of who you are and who you're built to be. Mm-hmm. And then I had a third thought and I just lost that one. It had to do with something you just said about being a six. Oh, you could be a six wean seven. And that fear of I having about fear that. Can be from the seven wing of not liking to hone in on negative things and thoughts, mm. and you are, you are a people person. You do love being around people, so I could totally see you being a wing seven if you're a six. Mm. No, it's interesting. I've just never considered that wing of me because I love diving into hard things and talking about mm. hard things. So but like my me. husband, yeah, no, that's true. Like my husband told me and, once, I asked him, "Oh, what were you going to say?" No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I asked my husband once, am I good at being vulnerable? And he said, you are good at being vulnerable with things that you're comfortable being vulnerable about. He said, you're really good at being like, I'm being so vulnerable and sharing this. He said, when it comes to things that you are actually feel really exposed and really have a hard time talking about and Mm -hmm. feeling complete in that, he's like, you do, you do, you very much have a lot of guards up in your life and so that's that also made me lean towards an eight uh Mm. as well i don't know we're figuring it out (laughs) but that's the thing that's the thing is that it's not the most important thing in the world but this is helpful because these are challenging me to look at myself not in a self-absorbed way or self self self-obsessed way but to learn things about myself so that 
I can break free of unhealthy habits and unhealthy mm -hmm. thought patterns. And I can learn to recognize warning signs in myself and move away from those and move towards yeah. health. And that's why I like the Enneagram. What about, what about you? What about your, your, well, sh first share any other thoughts you had, but then oh, I want to no, hear about your story too. That was mostly it. Um, just with you. I, sh yeah. I was sharing about the vulnerability thing and you were shaking your head and you were smiling. So I was like, what did oh. you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I kind of agree. I definitely see where, um, especially when we were first becoming friends, I could, I knew your comfortable topics and your not comfortable topics. Um, mm. and that's just how people are sometimes. Like I, there's yeah. definitely some areas where I'm like, mm, I don't, it's not even not wanting to be vulnerable, but it's like, I don't know how to talk about that yet. So I think I need to process it a little bit more before I'm comfortable with it. Um, yeah. but yeah, I can definitely see where you're really good at talking about a lot, but then you just have your topics where it's like, mm. We're just going to stay quiet mm -hmm. on this one. And if you want to talk about it, that's fine. But I'm going to be really careful with what I say. Mm. And that's that's fine sometimes. That's Sometimes oh, yeah. you have, it's protecting yourself and it's making sure you're not oversharing things. Um, so I definitely don't think – I don't look at it like, oh, Piper doesn't share things sometimes. And that's really bad. That's um, <laughs> but, yeah. No, I just – I was laughing because I could see that. Um, no, you're fine. Yeah. So with my personality um, – it's interesting for me too. And I didn't know that you could change personality types um, mm. as you grow and stuff. And so um, I definitely think I was a four, especially as a kid. I, I've always been a very sensitive person. Um, and I think I've learned how to allow myself to be sensitive, but not necessarily have my feelings hurt. So I've just kind of grown in that. Um, but I was very withdrawn. I did not trust people easily. I was really worried about not having a purpose in life. That was like my worst fear was mm -hmm. not knowing what I needed to be in life. And, um, I just wanted, I did, I just wanted to find myself, which I think we all yeah. look to find ourselves. I mean, it's why we oh, go yeah. to Enneagram. Um, but it was like my core, like thing, like just constantly trying new things, trying new styles, trying new hobbies, because I was just trying to figure out what my niche was. And, um, that was just my core purpose in life. And then, um, I met Steven and kind of figured out that purpose of just feeling called to be married and be a mom. And, but there's still part of that in me. I'm just like, Oh, well, is this all like, you know, there are random little callings I feel, but then I'm like, Oh, I don't know if that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But there's, there's still a part of me that feels a little bit four-ish. But when I was younger, I definitely, I, my family used to joke that I had to be a four because I just, just wanted to be so unique and was always trying mm. to figure out how to be a unique person. I actually hated that part of myself. I felt very unique mm. and I did not connect with people very easily. Um, and I really hated that actually. That was mm. just very lonely. Um, and it's why I was withdrawn just because I, I knew I just had a hard time with people. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I was a four up until being friends with you <laughs> actually. Mm. And really? We, why? What did uh, I do? We had, we went to target and had a conversation and you're like, I don't think you're a four anymore. 
Oh, do you remember? Did that? I really? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> but um, I would do something like that. I will. And it was funny because I think I was in a little bit of an unhealthy stage just because I was walking into adulthood and figuring out marriage and all of that. Well, um, this was also the target walk where you like, you almost died from a coma like a yeah. week before or something like that. And you were yep. just casually bringing it up. I was pregnant and didn't know it. <laughs> oh, Lord. And yeah. was saying how I'm not ready to be a mom. <laughs> That was hilarious. Um, so yeah, we were just, we were going through a lot. And, um, but you said it was funny. Now that I think about it, you said, I think you're a six like me. And when nines are unhealthy, they go to six. Mm. Um, that does and, make sense. And Interesting. so that was when I started relooking at Enneagram. I reread the road back to you. Cause one thing, a lot of therapists. Suggest, I'm going to read that. You should. It's really good. I'm getting it right now. Yeah. I'm going to read that. I think I have a copy of it if you want it. Do you really? Yeah, I would I actually. Do. I love the road back um, Yeah. So I started re-looking at Enneagram and I didn't connect with six totally, but there were a few things where I was like, yeah, okay, I see that. Um, and mm. then we, <laughs> and then the next time, well, not the next time we hung out, but like the next time you and I discussed Enneagram, you had me sit down and listen to Sleeping At Last's Enneagram album. And oh, I remember that. You Oof. played nine for me. Nine, the nine song still makes me cry. Um, yeah, and I'm the eight song think, I can't. Oh get my gosh! Yeah, the eight song. Well, my dad's an eight, so I just it made me sad. <laughs> I ended up sending my family their songs and uh, quoted specific lyrics for them that made me think of them because mm -hmm. that was just. If you guys have not listened to Sleeping at Last album of Enneagram. Oh my gosh. Man. You need to listen to it because one, it's beautiful. And I think if you're having a hard time with your personality type, mm. listen to the songs. Cause that's really how I connected with it. Um, but yeah, I heard that song and I was just like, something hit me and I was just crying. Um, mm. and there were some just very specific lyrics that he wrote and it's what's really cool about the album too is all the musicians who do each song have that personality type and i think oh, he so each good. enneagram type he had a personality type help him write the lyrics and so mm -hmm. um i don't know if i can quote the lyrics to mine that really hit me because i'll probably cry <laughs> but um i literally but, pulled up the lyrics to yeah, my song just, that really hit me <laughs> i am I'm trying to think if I can read it without crying. Can you get but, through it? But hey, if you need, if you want to cry, there's freedom. To I know, cry. I know there is. I've just cried so much today. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we don't have to at all. We don't have to oh, at all. I know. Let me think. Let me go to the lyrics. It's the songs are okay. beautiful. Yeah. Oof. I will probably cry. So warning, but it's the first verse. And it's, who am I to say what any of this means? Do you to cry? Hmm. It's really interesting how, like, songs can get you like this. Because, like, I don't mm. know. But I think it's the age that he mentions. And that was just a really hard year for me. Yeah. Um, but it's been, uh, I've been sleepwalking since I was 14. And... And now as I write my song, I retrace my steps. And honestly, it's easier to let myself forget. 
But still, I checked my vital signs. And choked up, I realized I've been less than half myself for more than half my life. Ooh. And that was just like, I think that's when I started crying the first time. <laughs> and it's the first verse, mm. you know. Um, but, you know, it just really hit me. And it was, mm. um, I think just with how I grew up in life situations, um, and I'm working through this with my therapist right now. So that's probably also why I'm crying. Um, mm. We're going through my childhood trauma. And so um, I think life was so mm. crazy at 14 and it just got crazier. And I think I shut myself down at that age to just survive. And um, it's when I stopped seeing myself as a human, I think, and realizing that my life was important and the things I did in my life were important and that God had mm -hmm. a calling for me. And so, um, yeah, I just realized I was sleeping on life. And, mm -hmm. and then it was, you know, when I had my coma and almost died where it was just like, wow, I'm here, I'm alive. And what does that mean for me? You know? Um, so yeah, listening to that song, I just really connected with Enneagram nine and my dad's an eight and I really, him and I are very similar with each other in personality. Mm -hmm. And so I really connected with ween eight as, as well. Um, and yeah, it just went from there. And sometimes I still question if I'm a nine, I'm just like, oh, I, I don't know. Cause every now and then I still really connect with four, but, um, mm. I think when I see, and look at my day-to-day -day life and how I respond to things and handle things, I'm definitely a nine. Like, there's no question about it. Um, mm. So, yeah. So that's that's kind of how I <laughs> – all thanks to you. <laughs> I figured out my all personality All thanks type. to me. <laughs> I The whole eight song itself mm. just gets me. That whole yeah. song just gets me. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple lyrics in – the eight song that I'll read and in the sixth song that I'll read mm -hmm. that I relate to. Yeah. I'm also bad at making calls. I of like, this is me. Like, this is who mm -hmm. I am. Yeah. Cause I like to turn to other people who I'm like, is this who I am? That's all right. Like, like, is it like, is this me? Is this me? <laughs> is this me? Is it me? Uh, <laughs> but so I've been leaning towards that. I'm more of a, that I am a six. Okay. Um, I'm just a very fierce six, but the songs, <laughs> the lyrics from the six song that have always stu stuck out to me is specifically he wrote, let me find it. Fear won't go away, but I can keep it at bay. These invisible mm -hmm. walls just might keep us safe with a vigilant heart. I'll push into the dark and I'll learn to breathe deep and make peace with the stars is it mm -hmm. courage or faith to show up every day to trust that there will be light always waiting behind, even in the darkest of nights. Mm. And that's such a beautiful picture. And I think if anything, when it comes to stressful situations about like how I talked a while ago about dealing with question marks in my life and dealing with not knowing what's going to happen and not being able to prepare for everything mm -hmm. is just something that I'm not good at. And so that's probably what makes me lean towards, no, I do think I am a six, but I think I'm a counterphobic six in that I really fight against 
fear. And I do Mm -hmm. have a big part of me that's not afraid of things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just growth in the Lord. Because when a six is healthy, they move towards a nine. Mm -hmm. And so they learn to have peace with Mm situations and they learn to let things go and how to go Mm. with the flow and how to trust in other people and reach out for help. And I can see all of those things in me and how I process things and how I work through things. And there's also definitely, I fight certain parts of myself that I see other people struggling with that I deal with too, but I don't Mm. like this other thing. And I see it in another person. I'm like, I refuse. I don't struggle with that. (laughs) So I'm just like, I reject it. I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) But when in actuality I do. Mm. So yeah, who knows? Maybe I just, maybe I finally have made the call that I'm a six. I don't know. Mm. I need four, I need four to five people to affirm me in this before I I decide. We'll get a group together. <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out. We'll do a panel. We'll yes. do a panel. But we'll, we'll each list all the reasons why we think you're six or an eight. <laughs> mm. But I, yeah. Well, this was a cool conversation. I love yeah. talking about the Enneagram. I think it's yeah. so fun. It helps Thanks us understand listening. ourselves. Yeah. We can even we can do a couple more Enneagrams at later points about mm-hmm. how they help in relationships and that sort yeah. of thing, and kind of do you a sort even... of series on it. We could even, there's a, there's Road Back to You and then a couple's one that they wrote as well. And I can't remember. What really? Was, yeah. Interesting. Okay. I just noticed that. Um, I didn't know that they did one for couples, but. That's interesting. Uh, That's good to yeah. know. It is. I would love to read it. Um, it's called The Path Between Us. I think I've heard of that. I think a lot of premarital counselors recommend that we'll do another podcast as well on why we do not think the Enneagram is evil. Uh, Even though some of our most trusted Bible teachers, yeah, they, they're not, they're not for it either. So we proceed with caution. We're not just like, "Eh, we just disagree on this. The minute that it starts to take over our minds and our hearts and we start going to the Enneagram instead of to scripture, or we start going to the Enneagram to explain people in our lives instead of talking to people or Mm -hmm. instead of just using it as what it's supposed to be, which is a tool and a tool it's human made. It doesn't take into the complexities of, you know, an entire human soul and that sort of thing, but it does help explain and helps process, get the ball rolling on some things Mm -hmm. that the Lord can use to work, work through us. Yes. And we've, we've definitely, you know, with believing it's okay. Okay, we've we put in research. Obviously, sometimes you just gotta right. listen to where the Lord convicts you, and we're not really convicted with Enneagram. Um, I think it's helped both of us. And obviously, I just cried over Enneagram. Mm-hmm. So, like, right, it can it can move you and it can help you. Yeah. Well, thanks well, for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please reach out to us and tell us what Enneagram you are. Or if you think that you're like a specific type or if Mm -hmm. this inspired you to go figure out your type, if it helped you have good conversations with yourself. Yes. If you think it is evil or have any negative thoughts, share it with us. And maybe we'll talk about it on the next Enneagram episode. Please do. Genuinely. Please do. Because. Oh, go ahead. Did you? I was going to say, because I, if, if people presented me with a legitimate case and I felt conviction in my spirit that I needed to lay it down, I would, 
Like it is not a God yeah. in my life. It is not something that I need in my life. It's just a helpful little add on. Yeah. Well, and I won't go too deep into it, but I also, people are just usually like, ah, it's from the devil. And that's all I get. <laughs> and I'm right. just like, okay, what's your argument? I genuinely want to know. I'm not like, mm-hmm, I know what I'm talking about, but like, I'm like, what's right. your argument? Um, or even people who say the history is demonic. If you actually research it, uh, the man who created Enneagram is a very devout Christian. And so, hmm. um, but yeah, we'll get into another episode, but yeah. Um, make sure to rate us on Apple podcasts and like us on Spotify, uh, comment on our posts, give us your thoughts, follow us on social media, share this podcast with your friends and family. Unveiling pod. All right. Well, until next time, it's good talking to y'all. See you later.